The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nang. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay. And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called online-therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week. And you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com and you go to the therapy tab and if you click on the link at the bottom you can get 20% off your first month hi everyone um so uh, before we start the show I just wanted to start out by saying to my listeners how grateful I am to you that the people that have donated to my buy me a chardonnay um, button on my website. It really, I really appreciate it because what it does is it helps me. Um, it helps me produce the show, pay my producer. It also helps me get the show going so I can bring you guys quality content every week. So if you are so inclined, I don't necessarily use that money to buy myself a Chardonnay. Um, I'm going to drink that Chardonnay every night anyways. I prefer Rombauer, by the way, if you're ever going to send me some. Um, But I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate all the support from all of you. So my story for today is about, uh, I I don't know why as a mother, I can never get it together with my kids. Um, So this week, my daughter loves to sing and dance and she's doing this camp called Tada Stages Pops in Manhattan Beach. And she like, she lives for it. She loves it. And the theme is frozen, but every single day there's a theme. Like one day you wear like your favorite Disney shirt. One day you wear whatever it is. And so the other mom that we were in a carpool together to drop our kids off today messages me. And she's like, did you know that today was Disney day? I'm like, no. She's like, I showed up at the camp and like our two kids are the only ones not in like Disney attire. And I don't know. It's just like, I can never get it together. I'm not crafty. I've talked openly about this. 
I'm not, I'm just not that mom that like wants to talk about camp 24 hours a day and like talk about my kids. I love my kids, but I'm always making some kind of mistake. And I just want to start out saying that. And I'm also going to introduce my amazing guest, Diane Neal. And I want to see, can you relate to any of this? You know what? Um, Sorry, like the, we were talking about this earlier. Megan and I were talking about this earlier. That was a, a lawyer texting. Um, I was like, I should probably oh, answer him. I should probably answer. You know Way what? To start the show. I have, I have, I've, I've had up up to like fifteen godchildren, many of which I'm the legal guardian for. Not the same as being a mom, not at all. But all I can tell you, having been like a witness, like I've, I have car seats in many of like my car, right? Like because that's how many kids like I'm on the school list for to pick them up and all that kind of stuff, and. It seems like the dumbest thing in the world being a parent nowadays because the amount that is expected of everyone, like, how are you supposed to know? Like, like today, I have no children. I have three animals in the apartment. It has been a nightmare <laughs> day from top to bottom. If I had to take a kid to camp and think about, like, what they're wearing, like, what theme outfit they were wearing or, like, bake for school or any of that, I'm like... I don't think I could do it. Like I would just have a kid and we'd be in the woods and I'd be like, here's your stick. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> like go wander. <laughs> like, why? Well, I don't know why but everything has to be so complicated. I do. I just don't understand the moms that like, they're like, today is like blue day or whatever it is. And they always know the days. And it, I'm like, I, I just, I can't do, you do know it. What? I have to, I have a feeling like they have n- not a lot else going on in their life or they've got such yeah. weird self-esteem issues. They need to come across as perfect to everyone else because really there's no other option. Either they don't yeah. have a lot going on. So they've got a lot of free time to think about like, let's plan colors for the week. You know, like who cares? Like, what color bow are we going to put on J- Judy this right, morning? I would yeah, there's s- a lot of moms yeah, like that. No, thank you. I yeah. would be so excited. Like if I got a kid like dressed in something slightly respectable, like not in like swimwear and like a snowsuit and like taken to <laughs> camp, you know, that's like, I would be pleased. So oh my you God, shouldn't that's feel so bad. Funny. You well, shouldn't feel bad I about just, yourself. I accomplished I just want to say, um, I wanted to introduce you guys to the fabulous um, Diane Neal. Thank you. I am so excited to have you on. Um, Diane is a very famous actress from the, the series Law and Order SVU, uh, NCIS, um, very well known. I know I love to go. I really wanted to say this on the show. I hope I don't embarrass you, but I wanted to go. Dun dun. <laughs> I've always dreamed of doing that, and now's my chance. So I had to do it. You know, I used um, to have that as my ringtone for work because I always knew when it was work calling, it made it so easy. I'm like, oh, it's work. You're like, it's work. But thank you, Diane, for coming on. I Thanks really appreciate it. for having me on, Megan. Thank um, you. Well, I've already taught, like, we've had a little conversation prior to the show when we were trying to get everything set up, and I couldn't find, like, plugs, and Danny, my producer, was trying to set things up, and it was just kind of typical uh, me not being able to get things together. But we were talking already, and I can tell you guys that Diane is extremely shy. Very shy. And she has no personality whatsoever. No, don't like to talk. I'm just going to sit here. Si- like, I'm just going to sit here silently and knit. That's going to be, I don't even know how, but like, I figure this is the time to start knitting, right? Right, right now <laughs> while you're like on a podcast. Um, Diane, let's talk about you. Um, no. And let's talk about, let's start out. I always start out with um, like how you grew up. I, obviously you're an actress. I, I see you with some impressive things. You even ran for, am I ran for Congress? Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I ran for Congress. Okay. Yeah. Um, for like all the wrong so, reasons. All I wanted to do was help, which is apparently not the reason anyone <laughs> runs for Congress. No, but, but I think it's amazing not to mention the fact that you have 15 godchildren. That's pretty impressive. So a, a, a lot of people must like you. The, some some of them I, I have lost a few but we're going to talk about like our trauma and everything but I've <laughs> lost a few over the last few years which is okay because I gotta admit you you know they're those kids like they're kids that you just love and you're so invested in I mean aside from your own right that you just you just adore and you, you just want want them always like around and part of your life and they just brighten everything up and then you've got you know the kids I'm talking about. I'm sure you've seen like other people's yeah. kids. It's like the ones that when no one's looking, they punch like the disabled kid, you know, like those kids. 
And I had a few yeah. of those God kids and I am happy to lose them. I'm not going to lie. I'm fine. Oh with them my being God. Gone. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody comes out a certain way. That's what I've learned. It's true. Um, just by having my own kids, like it, you're, you just come out a certain way. And definitely there's like reasons like nature versus nurture and all of that stuff. But yeah, it's true. Some, there's just, sometimes there's bad seeds. Yeah. And, and genetically we'll like they, they're totally different. Like you live with, you, you gave birth to two total strangers that you're now roommates with. Like it's, yeah. it's insane. And it, and it can be like a little slice of heaven every day, especially um, having, I'm joking, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially with um, having, having a preteen who like wants to sit in a dark cave oh, and um, no. watch the office. Yeah. She's obsessed with the office. I don't miss that. Um, I, I went to Hawaii recently, like a few years ago with like a couple of the God kids and they like to, they're in that phase. And I swear to God, they did not get out of the rental car and stop playing video games and listening to their headphones. And I'm like, for, for the love of all that's holy, like, are you serious? Like I had to finally like lure the 14 year old about like by saying like, I will let you drive my rental car convertible, like, you know, in an open parking lot, but I will let you drive a convertible if you just leave the hotel room. It's because none of us, like, we didn't have to work. I mean, that's like a whole separate, I could just do a whole podcast about the fact that like, you know, iPads and iPhones and like all the electronics and my, you know, it's so difficult as a parent to not have your kids on electronics 24 hours a day. And, you know, it's like when we grew up, what we went outside and actually p played like kick the can. Yeah, we actually did pool. stuff. Like someone did give us a stick and say, go to the woods. <laughs> like, yeah, we're like, all right. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, I don't know how any parents. But I wanted to start Sorry. out and kind of talk about like where you grew up and let's hear about the fabulous Diane. So where are you from? There's, there's not much fabulous about it. Um, I, I grew up, started out in, in DC. So in Alexandria, Virginia, for anyone there. And then when we were eight, moved to Littleton, Colorado of is, is Danny and I. I've heard of Littleton. Yeah. Yes. Columbine. That's why lots of people know about yeah. Littleton. It's, it's just yeah. a, a suburb of Denver. And um, it was actually, a, you know, a lovely place to grow up. And then I, I went to college really, really young. So um, right after I turned 16 and and my parents sent me to college in Hawaii with my older sister because they thought that would be smart and safe, which is ridiculous because we'd never gotten along. Like it, there was like nothing good about that at all. But I was a very, very uptight, like Alex P. Keaton. I, I, are we allowed to cuss <laughs> on your podcast? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So I, I shit you I, not. I, I shit you not. I had shiny pennies in my penny loafers that I would polish every night. I would wear blazers. Like all I wanted to do was like Ivy League, go to prep school, like that kind of thing. And I was so mad at my parents for like not sending me away to boarding school. They're like, no, we don't have the money. And like, no, like a thousand reasons. No. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Um, in that well, I'll tell, I'm going to interrupt you really quickly and tell you, number one, you're from Alexandria. So I'm a Washingtonian. I'm from Potomac, Maryland. Oh, you're originally. kidding. Yeah. So I talk about that a lot on the show, but also I, d I actually did go to all girls boarding school. What? So, um, I could do a whole episode about it. It was, um, do that episode well, now, I Megan, would, I'm dying to know. I, know. <laughs> I would rather have probably gone to Hawaii. So, okay. Think, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. For high school, yeah. like, like, but I understand, like, it's really funny because pretty much everyone I know that went to boarding school is like, I wish I'd gone to public school. And then everyone that went yeah. to public school, I'm like, no, no. But yeah. So then yeah. I, and then, and then my older sister who is stunning, um, she looks like, we look nothing alike, by the way. And like, forgive me for not like putting on makeup or doing my hair or anything like that. But um, my older sister, you, by the way, you are stunning. So you're very you kind need makeup. But my, my sister, we look nothing. Else. She looks like Julia Robertson. Cindy Crawford had a baby. Like, it doesn't make oh sense. Like, yeah, she's sick, beautiful. But she entered me in a modeling contest, like on a whim while I was in Hawaii. And, and I kid you not, the next thing I know, I was just living all over Asia and I'm living all over Europe. And before you know it, like decades passed, like that's, so it was just the most random thing in the world. So instead of going to Ivy League, I ended up, but that's how we, I met Caroline in Hawaii. Yeah. So we we'll talk about Caroline really quickly. Caroline is um, a newer friend of mine. So Caroline came on the podcast to talk about um, her book, Unapologetic. I'll plug it right now for you, Caroline, which I love. And I'm love, thinking of love. doing a book club with the book. 
oh, it's so it's such a good book. And she's such a beautiful writer and a beautiful like inside and out human being. And what's interesting is we we met, I don't even remember how we met. Oh, we were both on like a message board or something. And she was trying to fi- figure out like how to promote the book. And then we met that way and then we became friends. So it's That's weird awesome. how like the universe kind of like brings people into your life. But that's how um, you and I met was I'm, through Caroline. Right. Isn't yeah. That great. And like Caroline is, she is like the sweetest. She's the sweetest soul. So I've known her since I was 16, 17, like young. And it always used to crack me up because if people don't know what I look like, um, even very different now, I was always very tall, super spindly skinny, like no breasts, like just, just nipples. And, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and about as pale as a human comes, like I'm, I'm partially transparent. Like I'm, I'm terrifyingly pale. And Caroline is this beautiful, petite, curvy, busty, tan skin, like gorgeous hair. And like, we would get booked to do swimwear catalogs together all the time. And it would confuse me because I'm like, A, who wants to see like a really pale toothpick, like in a swimsuit? And then I was always with Caroline. It's like, that's, that's the person you want in a swimsuit, everybody. Like, that's who you want. Okay. But you say that, but I've seen these pictures because one of you guys was posting and I'm going to actually, you guys, if you follow me on judging Megan on my Instagram and Diane, what's your, what's your Instagram to plug it? It's just at Diane Neal. Okay. But one of you posted, and I'll post these pictures too, when the episode comes out, posted these pictures that you're talking about. And you were, both of you are stunning. And it's so interesting how we, as, um, as women or uh, me looking back on my teen years, I was so, I was very, always very curvy. Um, and I was so hard on myself, um, for what I looked like. And now I think back on it and I, I had a joke with a friend of mine um, that I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, if I had the body that I had then, now I would go to the grocery store and like a thong and naked. I would be naked all yeah. the time. I'd be like, hey, yeah, everyone. Be, hey, like, hey. Going to Whole yeah, no, yeah, completely. And at the time, you're just like, I don't know. I don't like my body. These are weird. I have fat knees. You know, just like the weird yeah. stuff you would come up with. And yeah, I look back now and I'm like, I would give anything to be that way again. <laughs> anything. Do you hear yeah. me, weird witches anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you hear me, like whatever, um, whatever Christy Brinkley's deal is with the devil? Like, what? Like, please send it to me. Exactly, whatever demon that is. No, no, don't summon yeah. demons. Don't summon demons. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Ca- Caroline is amazing, and what cracks me up is she still looks like that, and she could. She still models, and I'm like, I, I, what? What? I'm like the furthest thing from it. I'm like, I, like a, someone made a human form out of pantyhose and just filled it with cottage cheese and just like set it in motion. Oh like, my God, Tanya, stop it. We are, this podcast is about body positivity. Although, although I will tell you this, um, I'm always on, I'm always on a diet. Like I'm always on some kind of diet. And I realized like, I need to like, just appreciate. And I think it's this way for you too, is we are just getting older, we're aging. And sometimes I have to like, take myself out of constantly body shaming myself because I've done it my entire life. I suffered from an eating disorder. I, you were a pretty was, girl though, weren't you? Were you like I the was, pretty I, girl? Like you, cause like you're gorgeous now. You must've been like the pretty girl. And like, I always felt bad because they had so much pressure on them their whole lives. But it's interesting that you say that because I never thought, I mean, that's like looking at you, you're a star of like a giant TV No, but like I was like the nerdiest kid in school in the world. Like I wasn't like, like literally people only spoke to me unless they wanted their homework done for them. Like I was the kind of kid they put in trash cans. So like nobody, nobody sexualized. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no, so, so anything that was my body felt like something that belonged to someone else. Cause I never thought of it as any kind of, it was a tool it just didn't feel like, so I never felt, because a lot of the girls that I know that grew up really pretty and that were young and that were curvy or young, they, they had so many issues with people sexualizing them and objectifying mm-hmm. them and that have carried on throughout their whole lives that they have to fight with that I feel yeah. like somehow I completely escaped by being like a flat chested weird nerd that nobody thought twice about like that. 
And I feel, I mean, it's so interesting that you say that because I always wanted to be, everybody always wants what they're, what they aren't. Like I wanted to be like a flat chested, like little stick that, you know, I, 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 I was a dancer when I was young. I try, I was doing like ballet and jazz and tap. And I always was doing theater from a young age. And, um, and my ballet teachers were always like, Oh, like I started to get a chest. And so that's really how like my eating disorder evolved. I never, you know, I could pretend cause I, I always was creative. So I would be like from a young age, like, Oh, someday I'm going to be famous. So everyone's going to regret it, you know, but um, it must have been never, really hard. It was very hard. I was very hard to, and that's why I think body image is so important that I try not to talk about it openly in front of my kids. I do the best job I can because I don't want them to be like as effed up as I became. Right. You don't want them to be feel feeling about it or like aware because there really is like a beauty in never being aware of it. It's biting me in the yeah. ass now because this is you'll laugh. So I was really sick earlier this year. I had a massive tumor, like like a tumor the size oh of a small gosh. human removed. But um, I am, for the first time in my, my life, I'm about 75, 80 pounds more than I normally weigh. And, and I've never had to diet in my life. I've never had to do anything like that. Like I would just shove like even all the years in Law and Order, I'm like, ah, oh, I really love some Red Lobster and Taco Bell. And it would drive like because the, yeah. the really weird thing that people don't know is like the whole time I was modeling, I actually, I met one person with an eating disorder. Everyone just happened to be really, really young and really skinny, right? Like that was just natural. Yeah. I started acting. I'm not going to say this, like this is not hyperbole. I can count on my hand, one hand, the other actresses that I know personally that do not have an eating disorder. It's yeah. that pervasive like it because the the pressure and stuff and so I would always drive them nuts because I could just eat whatever I wanted to and so that's I've got this weird reverse thing happening now you know how like people that used to be large and that lost a lot of weight um what am I and, and again we're not body shaming anyone but they called it former fat girl anger right which made me laugh yeah I was like yeah I get it though right because you've been oppressed for so long and, and, you know, thought of in a certain way that when you're not like that anymore. And I kind of have the reverse where I'm like, I am the fat girl now. And the funny part is, is like, I'm totally unaware of it. So like, in my head for 40 something years, I was like, Oh, I'm just kidding. And I'm like a size 16. And so it's, it's, well, what's the thing is, though, to backpedal a little bit, yeah. and I, you know, this episode, what doesn't necessarily what I didn't want it to be about like our bodies, but I think it's such a huge topic because on every, I think I'm on like episode 30 of the podcast. I think on every episode I have mentioned something about my physical appearance to the point where my older sister, who I'm super close to has been like, Megan, you need to stop like putting yourself down and like making, talking about diets. And, um, I look at you and I don't, who cares? Like we're, yes, it's awful when we, um, our bodies change and we're used to a certain thing, or we have like a really fast metabolism like you did as a young t- or a teen and an adult. And then you had to go through, but thank Suddenly God you're here. Away. Yeah, no, like the that's point, the thing. The point is, it's like, who cares? Who cares? Because you, you got over the, yeah. your, it's uh, in remission. And it's, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Thank goodness. And it's really funny. Like, cause you're just not aware. Like, I'm just not aware of like funny bo- things like my body parts, like, like, like my ass knocks things over, right? Like they're just little funny things, but I'm also, I'm trying to, because I'm, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't last forever, but it, and a lot of the women will understand this. I'm, I'm dieting for the, cause I'm supposed to, right? Because you're not supposed to be like 75, 80 pounds yeah. overweight. It's not good for you. So, uh, I'm dieting for the first time in my life. I have called every single friend of mine that has been dieting like you have their entire lives and said, yeah. good God almighty, I'm so sorry. I had no idea it was this difficult. I had no idea what you were struggling with all those years. I had no idea how annoying I must have been. And, I'm, and so I've like, it's really made me aware. And then I'm trying to enjoy like the other simple things about it. Like it, like it, I sitting for long periods of time not a problem. No bony ass. Like, this is amazing. I haven't yeah. been cold in forever. Like even like <laughs> middle of winter, I'm like, there's just like a heat patch around me, you know, like, and uh-huh. like so there, there are, and then there's some, 
So I do feel like I'm wearing someone else's body, but there's also there's also a kind of a kind of beauty in it because you get to have this whole other experience. And then the experience which has been I am am amazed how horrible people are to overweight people. I had no clue the looks people give you if you're at a restaurant and you order like something real and they're like, well, no wonder she's fat. They give you this like insane look, you know, it's this, this fat shaming that everybody does. Even like the availability of clothes, you know, in a 14 or 16, which is, is like average for American women. Like I've been having trouble finding anything that doesn't look like Friar Tuck with like a belt. Like I'm dressed like B. Arthur like 90% of the time. And you I'm like, are not. I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now. No, I'm going to, I'm being honest with you. You know what? I need to introduce you to something called the caftan because oh. I am, I'm about an eight ten. I'm not like a thin woman. I've always been curvy. I'd give anything for that these days, but that's well, but, but when I compare myself to, um, when I compare myself to other women, I'm really a 10. Who am I kidding? I'm probably a 10 right now because I did put on my COVID weight and I talk about it all the time. Um, Who didn't put on COVID weight? Well, I also drink like a fish. Like there's things that I shouldn't be doing. I feel like um, we should be I, drinking now, by, by the way, but for <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> next, time, had a next time. Chardonnay. Next time. <laughs> Um, but I love what I love this discussion and I love what we're talking about because I've never really addressed it on an episode. And it is what I was going to say that's so interesting is you are, were like real, like a real thin actress, um, working actress on very, very successful, a very successful series. And what I think that you need to tell yourself, this is just my advice because I'm married to an actor and. Um, and I just did an episode with an actress where we talked about how you like learn things for characters. And if you're creative, what you're, and you are, and you're a great actress is you're going to learn, oh my gosh, I, I'm like in this body right now. I might not be in this body forever, but I've gained this weight and I'm most likely going to lose it, but I'm going to be able to now relate and yeah. bring new, new new things to the next characters no, that you're I right. there And there's like a level of empathy that I, I didn't, I, an understanding that I did not have before to what I would say is the majority of like the female experience in America, which it, which is the continual dieting and the continual, you know, and, and the people fat shaming and the way you feel and not feeling sexy and, and all that kind of stuff. And now I understand it on a cellular level and, and it, it it's changed my it's changed my perspective on everything. So whether the weight stays or goes, and you know the weight it's it's wild. Um, only one job has been okay with it. Lifetime was amazing. They let me play this real character who was like a bigger girl, and I'm really tall. She was like five ten, you know, five ten, same thing, like redhead. It was fantastic. They didn't care. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I'm like 200 pounds. They're like, we don't care. I was like, amazing. I love you, Lifetime. The amount of jobs. I haven't worked since then because I'm not kidding. They won't hire me because of my size. And well, that's a huge, it's a huge, I mean, it's a huge issue. And, and Hollywood needs to really wake up because a lot of this stuff too, not to interrupt you. No, is, go for it. It's, it's genetics. So, you know, yeah, you were thin your whole life and Got, went through this and put on weight and who knows what's going to happen with it. But some people I see, I mean, I genuinely can tell you, just like you said, I'm extremely judgmental of physical appearances myself. And I always have been, but my hardest judgment on physical appearances is my own on myself. Of course. So yeah. when I look on, in the mirror and, you know, sometimes I catch myself saying to just my husband, cause I have put on this weight during COVID like, I'm so disgusting. I'm so, yeah. I'm this, I'm not. And he says to me, he's like, well, would you say this to like anyone some, else? Why would you say that to yourself? Cause but you're really just do like, it doesn't make any sense. And what it comes back to is, and I'll tell this story very briefly. Um, when I was about, I, I told you I was like dancing and my, yeah. my dance teacher. And then I like tried to do like modeling and stuff too. And the, yeah, cause you're gorgeous. Teacher, Oh, you're so sweet coming from you. This teacher said to me, and I was not fat. I was, I wasn't thin. And she literally goes, 
um, you have such a pretty face, but you need to lose a lot of weight. And I was, I was maybe 130 pounds oh at the my time God. I in like seventh grade. Oh my God. And, and I just remember being like, and that's when it spiraled out of control. And so I, as it would, I, and I went on a diet, so it started and then I grew a bunch that summer. So, and then I went back to school and I remember before that, the boys and the girls in my class, they didn't, they weren't, I wasn't popular. Nobody, people were mean to me as a kid. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they would say, they would say when I was a kid, there was something called garbage pail kids. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think we're in a similar age group. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Garbage pail kids. Totally. I collected. Who didn't collect them? That was like art. And one day I went into the classroom and this boy, a bunch of the boys were like, there was a garbage pail kid named Muggsy Megan. And the boy was like, oh my God, that's Muggsy Megan. That's you, Megan. And Lovely. I remember the whole class was laughing and, and it really like stuck with me and the girls didn't want to be my friends and nobody, I wasn't popular. And uh-huh. then that summer I lost the weight. I grew And then I realized that that was the first time in my life that everybody wanted to be my friend. And then I went into seventh grade and I was popular. So the lesson that was taught to you is that your physical appearance appearance. is really determinative of whether or not you belong. And that's horrifying. Yes. And so I think that, and we can go into this and I know you can relate. And I know that this is, I mean, I love talking about this subject. I think it helps people and helps listeners because you're a, a famous Hollywood actress and you know how it is going. Uh, like when I was young in my twenties, I moved here to become an actress and I was awesome. constantly being told, you know, I wouldn't book a job because, you know, I was too curvy or I was too this or I was too that. Too and, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's like amplified in when you're an actress and you're successful, what you said about people having eating disorders and all this stuff. But yeah. I and mean, it's, it's weirder too. Like when you're on like, too, if I, if I hear that pretty face comment, like this has been the weirdest yeah. thing about like having extra weight. Like if one more person's like, well, you have such a pretty face. And I'm like, you know, fuck you. Right. Like, like I feel like I get, you know, I feel disgusting too. I try not to look in mirrors because I'm like, who is that? Like I catch a glimpse of something and then I have to keep reminding myself, yeah, it's okay. Your body went through something. It's fine. You can heal. But that's the weirdest thing too, is like, if I'm out and about people will be like, you know what, you, you know what you look like? You look like a fat Diane Neal. People have said that oh, to like, you? like a daily. And it always cracks me up because I'm like, I think oh so too. God. How odd. I totally think I do. I think you're onto something there, but it's, um, well, I think one thing I will say to you is I, you have a good attitude about it, but I want, I, 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 I'm very self-deprecating and I put myself down all the time, but too. I like to joke. I like to, I'm my humor has saved my life. And I think that something that will maybe help you and help myself is to just be like, we're, I mean, we're, we're we look pretty good for our ages uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm not going to continue to like put myself down all the time because it's like in 10 years, I'm not going to look better than I do right now. No, that's the thing. It's like, we know now, right? Like we were talking about looking back on our teen self. Like we know in not that long, we're going to look back at like how we were in our like early, like what late thirties, early forties, like late thirties, early forties. I'm in my forties. Okay. I don't say the actual what side. I don't say the actual side. You don't have to say what part of forties. So I'm in, I'm in my forties as well. And, and like, we're going to look back and being like, oh man, we'd give anything to have our bodies we had in the forties, you know, like we were going to have. So like, I keep thinking like, that's the nice part. You can think about that stuff now, but I have Uh to say, like, I, I really like, I don't know how to, how it would be hit to raise girls in this era of yeah. this and, and especially with all these like I always try like on Instagram and everything else like I don't I always say like no I try never to use fil- I try never to I actually don't like I don't use filters on anything because I want oh, I do and I'm admitting it openly now and I joke about it I definitely use I'll filters. use like the color filter do you know what I mean yeah. where it makes it like blue yeah. tone or something like that but not like these new filters you know they can skinny you or make your eyes bigger where, where or like, you're like a to- you look like an alien yes it's totally yes. not even you because yeah, I don't yeah. want anyone to feel like and and I've tried to do this like and I'm terrible at social media but like the whole time that I've been on tv like if I bought a dress for the Emmys and like 
if I got it on sale at Lowman's for 18 bucks, like I will take a picture of that price tag and I will send it. And I was like, you know what? You don't, you don't have to waste your life savings to try and, you know, look pretty for a night. You can find stuff on sale. You know, you can do this, you can do that. You can be human because I think, I think it's gotta be so horrible to not, to be compared to this, this ideal that is not only unrealistic, it, it's just non-existent. Like it does not exist in reality, like the way a lot of these people look. And well, it doesn't help. I mean, one thing I will say is I will say that I see more and more young girls um, that are openly like, I like wearing the little booty shorts and the fanny packs and a crop top. And they're like, it's all about owning my body. And I'm not a stick figure. And I'm like, why didn't, I, why was like, I, why didn't they do that, that when we were kids? Like, that's, like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm hoping it's changing. I don't, I don't love the, and yeah, the Kardashians are amazing. Like, look at what they've done. And, you know, they've, they've, I, I, I don't think they set a good example for young girls. No, and, and also too, what people don't realize yeah. is there is an extreme amount of money, an extreme yeah. amount of surgery an extreme uh-huh. amount of like when you have nothing to do but be a Kardashian, you can pay personal trainers and private chefs and a yeah. juice guy and all that kind yeah. of stuff. There is nothing realistic about any of these people's lifestyles. And it's all centered around how they look. But they've got teams of people that normal humans just don't have access to. And and also you and I both know you see like um you see people in Hollywood and like I'll be out to dinner somewhere and I'll be like, oh my God, like she does not they're look horrifying. Like she looks yeah. So I think I think you're right. And I and maybe I have to cut back. Maybe I have to like take a step back from the filter too. I'm just I'm very open about being very vain. I get Botox. I have had filler in my face. I get my hair done every month. But again, I, this all goes back to that summer between sixth and seventh totally. grade. Do you know what I mean? It does. Like, like it that's does. the crazy thing. Like, to, it, like it was like to be loved, you must l- look a certain way. And, yeah, and like yeah. that's kind of the shame of our society. Like, like yeah. it, it really is. Like, and because you had that experience, which I think is common to the majority of women in this country, you know, it 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 taints the rest of your life where you have to fight with food. You can't enjoy food. You know, it's always a struggle. You have to think about this. You have to think about that. You have to worry about how you look. There's, I don't know what part of my brain is missing that never gave a damn. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it was like combined with being a nerd was the greatest, the greatest. And of course I was always like self-conscious. Like I was so pale, like to this day, I won't wear shorts, like skinny or not skinny. I'm like, cause it, my, you can see through my legs. I'm just that pale. Like it's horrible. Yeah. But some people, some people would want to have, like, that's the thing that you have to remember is, um, I feel like people- I'm blinding anyone with the reflection from the skin. Like their no, eyes are going to bleed. Kind of skin that people are like, Oh my God. Like, how does she have such good skin? A lot of sunscreen. You know, it's, it's, I love this conversation. I've never talked about this stuff before. And it's interesting that this is how we kind of went into the episode. But I think it's so important. But I kind of did want to shift into... Yes, shift away. Um, like, talk. let's talk about Law & Order SVU. Because I, I know you have a lot of people that know you from that show. It's a very, very famous show. How many very years fun. has that show been on? I think it's going into season 23, if I'm not mistaken, which is just me- insane insane. Okay. And how, and like going back, so you were modeling and then, and then how did you, like, did you go to acting class? Were yeah, you, like, no, I was, I was, I was modeling. And then before I knew it, I was living in, in New York city by the time I was like 18, 19 and, um, you know, full time and just like traveling around and, and in the nicest possible way, mostly because they were very young and very uneducated, you know, the models, like, you know, I, I'm the kind of idiot kid that would, sit in my closet and write like a treatise on the state of the American high school educational system, like just for shits and giggles. And so like to, to be stuck with a bunch of like with a lot of models, I didn't have a lot in common with everyone. You know, I loved mm-hmm. traveling and I loved working around the world because I could see every museum and I could go see all the cool stuff. But mostly I did it alone because nobody else gave a damn. Again, mostly because they were young and uneducated, not just because they were, you know, just like inherently stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. like, I, you don't want to judge, don't want to judge, um, 
them from for the way they were when they were kids because like god none of us want to be judged for the way we were when we were teenagers but yeah. um but i would get really really bored and i would take um time off and i would go to school and i would do other adventures and i'd been in um and so i lived in in this neighborhood called chelsea in the city and i I'd, I'd been to um chelsea's amazing chelsea's great and i i was yeah. in i just come back from egypt where i was doing a, a semester abroad which is really fun, but you can also not steal anything. You know, it's not like Indiana Jones, right? Like the real deal yeah. <laughs> is really fun, but like a little less like Indiana Jones. And by like a little yeah, less, yeah. I mean like not at all like Indiana Jones. Crazy fun. But also I was sunburned. We're in a Muslim friendly country and wearing Muslim friendly clothes in, in like spring summer, super hot. Like I was so hot all the time. I'm like, I'm going to die. I was like a, yeah. like a, like a, like an old fat Southern lawyer on one of those TV shows. I'm just like, I'm so hot. Like, you know, as a, as a young person. And um, I got back and what became my husband, he had, while he was gone, someone introduced him to Atlantic Theater Company Acting School, which is David Mamet's theater school. Yeah. And it was literally a block away from our apartment. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but like, I just I need a break from modeling because like, sometimes you just can't, right? Like, like this is a real conversation with I, ha I had with an actual of an actual model who shall remain nameless because you would know says I was like where are you from and she said yes so it's hard it was a hard it was you know I'm pretty sure there was an answer I was gonna guess Texas but um it was tough so I wanted to I wanted to do something that was stimulating yeah and and David Mamet's theater company I didn't know anything about acting but he had uh their motto was use your will learn to act and I was like, all right, that I can do. Cause it wasn't based on auditions or like, I'd never been like a the, and I, my older sister was the theater kid and like would have the cast parties at her house and like, you know, this and that, and like getting fights with a friend about who's playing what part and like, or Annie, you know, that kind of crap. Right. Like, yeah. And, and I was like a science kid, usually blowing things up and like making a lot of, a lot of chemistry. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I hated those kids because they were just walking around singing all the time. And they were like in my rec room when I was trying to like, oh, like you would have hated me then. No, I was one of this. <laughs> well, I was like, I was a really introverted. I was a very introverted. And I was like, don't touch my beakers. Like seriously, like that kind of kid. So probably getting into the acting, acting class, like helped you develop a different part. Like you sound like you're very right brained. Yeah. And usually actors are left-brained am well, I, I or sorry not right brain it has helped usually, immensely right-brained people are yeah no creative. no no. I see. yes so yeah, you think yeah, of, yeah, yeah. right okay. so so like but it but it's helped immensely so because it was it was about learning a skill i'm like okay i can learn any skill in the world it wasn't about like auditioning and having innate talent or anything like that mm -hmm. and i just happened to find like the kind of place where i fit in and, and I'm like, well, I can do this and I can learn any skill. And I went to class and you, since you know, because you, you're an actress as well, you like repetition exercises, like the first day mm -hmm. and you know, like you're wearing a blue shirt, you're wearing a blue shirt. And I was like, fuck off. People get paid for this shit. This is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Like I want to, yeah. I want to do this for the rest of my life. But because I had more of um, an approach to it, that was almost like observational, if that makes sense. Because I, I never felt like any of it had any bearing on my self-worth, like whether I was successful or not, whether like, again, this goes back to whatever part of my brain is missing or that nerd part. Like, I never felt like that had anything. It didn't hurt my feelings if I sucked. Like, it didn't bother me mm -hmm. if I sucked in front of class. I was like, I suck. At, like, if I didn't do most of the stuff I suck at, like, I would never get out of bed in the morning. Like, I suck at a lot. And so, like, it... Yeah totally didn't bother me. I could just learn the skills. I could observe how it was supposed to be. And I could think of it like a business as opposed to, and you know this from acting class, and I'm sure your husband knows this. A lot of people who start acting, they think of it as therapy. And I was like, oh my God, shoot me now. Like I cannot listen to one more motherfucking story. What are we supposed to do mm -hmm. here? What does the scene call for? We walk up, we stand on that line and we say this word, this set of words. That's what we do. And what do we do? We, we live it believably, right? You're sort of living imaginary circumstances in a realistic way. And I'm like, game on, let's go. I've been playing like cowboys and Indians since I was a kid. So it, so having that science brain made it so much easier to approach acting as a job, 
as opposed to like this thing that if I wasn't doing it, there was something wrong with me or if I didn't get the part, there was something wrong with me, you know, which is torturous. You know what I mean? I see it with like so many of my friends who, 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 because it, I mean, there are, I trust me, there are jobs that I've really, really wanted and I have not gotten. And it is like broken my heart, but, but I, I can give it, I give it like a 15 minute time limit, sometimes a day. If it's something I really, 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 really wanted that I know I would have been better at. By the way, here's a funny joke. How many actors does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. 100. One to do the job and 99 to say, hey, man, I could have done that job. <laughs> like, that's a good one. That's a good one. No, you know what's interesting, though, is that that I've never, I mean, I know a lot of actors and actresses and um, most do not have that kind of like snap out of it attitude. I, I dealt with it. My husband's been an actor for 30 years of his life and worked and he has, I, I, when he was busy and working more than he, he's not working as an actor right now, but it's always been an awesome year for acting work. I mean, on top of everything else, I know, I know, but, um, he had some hard times getting out of like losing things. And um, I don't know people that can snap out of that, that, that quickly. So you're really lucky that you could just compartmentalize things like that. Oh, I feel so lucky. Even in the moment, it took me years, like on law and order to figure out that not every, cause it was like the ultimate training ground. Right. And so like before mm-hmm. law and order, like, so I went to theater school uh, you know, no, I could not get an agent to save my life. It was like one of those pounding the pavement, doing everything, trying everything, doing showcases. You know how it is, like directing yeah. plays, writing plays, like doing anything you can to try and get representation. And then when I finally got it, you know, doing tons of small guest starring spar- spots and then like starring in pilots, right, that never went anywhere. Like, it, so, I, you know, I had the whole breadth of like the struggle and then when I got on SVU, like I, I calculated once between like SVU and NCIS, I think I think I've worked with over like ten thousand guest stars, like ten thousand different other actors, which is insane. My husband did both. He did. That's awesome. I know he's done. I don't know if he's done SVU, but I know he did. He's NCIS. done NCIS awesome. for a hundred percent. Well, you yeah, start to it, learn. Oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt. But yeah, no, no, no. I just was gonna say was and was Law and Order your first? It was your first big break. It was my first. Yes. So I had just done a, like a, a, a bunch of pilots and one was for NBC and they decided not to go. And Stephanie March knew she was leaving SVU. And so I auditioned for, and I remember it being one of the worst, uh, what I thought, and I'm sure you and your husband can relate. One of the worst auditions. Like I remember just like, I was so sad. And then I just like walked back to my shit box apartment, you know, my tiny little walk up <laughs> studio. And I was like, oh, damn it. like nothing's ever going to be okay ever again. Like the world is over. Cause you just, it's so upsetting. And like, and you're, cause you're like, oh my God, were you, sc-? cause you must've been screen testing. Yeah, no, it was like got, down to yeah. three of us. Right. So, and I was yeah, just so like, really and they taunt you with the money. They taunt you with this stuff. Like yeah. testing is like satanic because it's just yeah. like, like, you you have to like how are you supposed to be mellow and calm and act well when they're teasing you with like a seven year con- which back in the day it was the seven year contracts right you know and you're like yeah ah. and and I was young I was like 24 and and I'm and I'm and, and I was so just like heartbroken I was like screw this man I don't want to do this anymore this is like I I totally had one of those days and I didn't hear anything for weeks and then when they finally gave me the call. Like the funny part is when I started SVU, so they didn't know if they were going to keep me or not, right? I was like being tested for seven episodes before they decided to keep me. So we were doing all the cast and crew photo, you know, the photos of the cast. And so like they would do photos of everyone and then they'd be like, Diane, can you step out? Because just in case they didn't keep me, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. God. Like, Like, okay, no problem. It was like a really, it was like a really intense lesson. And then, and then the best part was, so it took me. Cause like even with work, like I could snap in and out, like I could be joking and laughing and someone would say action. And I'm like, where, you know, like get into your face, like never a problem for me. It took me a while to figure out not everyone like that. Give everyone their space, be mellow. Everyone's got their own process. They all work. It's okay. And, and it took me, um, which once I figured that out, like life became a lot better. And then I could also use because I was never nervous 
because I thought of it as a job. Like it gave me free time to help every other guest star and help anyone that was around. And what do you want to do? Do you want to run lines? You want to go over the scene? You want to get intense? You know, do you need me to yell something different off camera? Like, what do you need? Like, let's, it became like the most fun collaboration in the world. And then also we had people who have been nominated for like Oscars who were just there Mm -hmm. playing a rapist in what we call top of show in the business, which is like no money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so as a kid, like in my early 20s, it was an incredible lesson to take zero percent of it seriously. It comes, it it goes. It has no bearing on your self-worth, that you're identifiable, that people can see you on a TV, that you're just on TV. It doesn't matter. What matters is and like this is the thing that like, you know, we we talk about things that give you self-worth, like my self-worth has really been struggling because of a lot of the trauma and stuff that I've had to live through lately. Like you can only have so many people tell you a piece of shit or act like you're a piece of shit or treat you like you're done, you know, before you start kind of believing it. But, but my self-worth for the longest time only, only came from, did I give a thousand percent? And no matter what, whether I was cooking a cheeseburger for somebody, or I, I was on set, or if I was presenting at an awards, whatever I did, did I do the best I possibly could have? And that was really all that mattered. And, and it was such a, it was such a, a blessing because I see, and my, my heart would break. I mean, my, my dressing room too was the place where, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, it's, it's not like this anymore, but back in, back in the day, things were a little looser. But like I had a full bar in my dressing room and you I would, did. oh yeah. And I don't, I barely oh, drink by the way. I'm a, I grew up more, I'm a but Mormon were you, Jew. Did you, weren't you guys in trailers or like, no. I don't know how so our you. studio for SVU was in this like old dog food warehouse in New Jersey. Okay. I shit you not. Like that's where it was forever. And then when they okay. finally canceled the mothership, the, the main lawn order, they moved into the one in Chelsea Piers, like the old, but like we were in New, the swamps of New Jersey for like the longest time. So we had like regular dressing rooms and, and, um, and I, so I had this full bar and I would always tell like the PAs in the second second, like, you know, if anyone's having trouble, put them next to my dressing room. Cause I could hear them cry, <laughs> you know, like I, and then I would just like, knock, knock, knock. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Like, totally. Okay. Do you want to come over? Do you want to drink? Do you want to talk about anything? Like, do you want to work on lines? Do you, is there anything that I can do? I'm like, and I would give this speech every time too, which I meant a thousand percent. I'm like, you know what? I love my job. I love my job. So if it takes you one take to do what you have to do, or it takes you a hundred, I am with you. I have your back. I'm not going anywhere. And if we do a hundred, it's just more fun for me. I get to play around with it too. So like, do not worry. And Okay. So I need to interrupt you because no... Um, I was mainly like when I acted, I was mainly a theater actress and I, a singer, but um, I have been on sets like to get my SAG card. And I never, I mean, I never really did anything, but I, I mean, the, the lead actors on sets are never nice to the people with, I mean, I can say that I've witnessed it. It's like, you're it's a nobody. This is why but I, I this think is that like, that's amazing that you were like that. Because- oh, it is. It is the most fun now in any kind of job. Like what people don't yeah. understand, too, is like, I didn't understand either because I didn't know anyone in the industry. Right. Like I didn't know anyone in this business. So I had no one to give me advice. And um, but we have these things called numbers. Like so if you're number one on the call sheet, it means you kind of have the most power. You're the star of the show and people will fight and negotiate to be what number they are on the call sheet. And any more, given any job, I have the opportunity. I will give up money to be number one because if that means everyone has to be as nice as I am, everyone has to work as hard as I will, they have to be as prepared as I need. To, but like you get to set the tone because it's kind of the only place like trickle down economics works is like on a set. And when you have like really tyrannical people, which there are a lot of them who shall remain nameless, but we know them all. Like that's mm-hmm. why just to give everyone like a little thing at home. Do you remember when that Christian Bale tape came out and he was like screaming and yelling and everyone was like, wow, yes. he's an asshole. And I was who like, doesn't remember that. Well, I was laughing he's so such hard. a tremendous actor. But what I've learned and I'm sure you've learned and I we can touch on this is um, I, I, I never, you, they, there's a saying, you never want to meet your heroes. Oh, ever. Um, yeah. Because uh, just living, I've lived in Hall in California and Los Angeles for 20 plus years of my life. And 
any, and I've learned now, I never like meeting people that I look up to. And now I don't really look up to actors and actresses. No, like it's a different thing, but I will still run away from Harrison Ford yeah. because I don't ever want to meet him. Cause in my mind, he is Indiana Jones and Han Solo. Yeah. And like, I will, I will actively run away from him because I don't want to meet him. Cause I like, but like you said, you don't want to meet but, him. But they let you down. It's like, they're yeah. not nice. And then you kind of have to think about it. Cause I did date a pretty famous person Hello. when I was young. Hello. I'll tell you offline. Okay. Um, but uh, just working, I worked in all the Hollywood nightclubs when I was in my 20s. Wow. And I was a cocktail waitress and a bartender. And they would all come in and, and you know, and I was like, so starstruck, like, oh, my God. And then they always turned out to be such like douchebags. So I think especially like, just to a young, attractive you, chick like you, like it's grotesque. But, yeah. but hearing that you were like that, like it's so important to hear that you I, I love that you did that because it you could have made you could have changed um somebody's perspective on like being an actor or that what you did was you taught that person next time they're on set that they're going to yeah, be when they're like, number they're, one like this is this yeah. is how you do it and it was always so much fun because we would have like these people who were like you like these great theater actors and but we also had like all the kids that were, was their first gig straight out of nyu and like i didn't know anything when i started like acting on tv like because it doesn't matter if you go to theater school or not like, they don't tell you what a mark is, where to this, what your banana is, when everyone's yelling, Abby Singer, like, what does that mean? And so I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm like, we have a walk, because especially too, and you know, you know this about sets, and your husband knows it entirely. The less you have as far as like a part, the more you have to wait, and then you get progressively more and more nervous because you have all this time and you just have like, if you're just like the jury for person and you just have like one line, you will go mm -hmm. over that. You will literally like beat it to death. And by the time you actually get to say it one time on camera, you fuck it up. Right. Because you're so nervous because you've been building it up for so long. Right. This is like totally normal. So it was really fun to get to like talk to people and be like, this is what this is. This is how you do a walk and talk. You talk really fast. You walk really slow. We got to get really close to each other and it's going to look weird. You know, it's going to feel weird in real life, but it's going to look great on camera. And and like the, 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 um, especially theater actresses and actors, because when you're a theater, when you grow up doing theater, you're used to talking really loud right. and you don't do that on camera. And I had to learn, I remember being like, what? You don't talk loud. Like bring it down, um, bring it down, you right? Bring it's it down. hard. And it's especially hard. on, on like Law and Order SVU, everything's really quiet. Everything's so really it was, weird. it's even more. Let me ask you a question because I was thinking it must've been difficult for you to replace Stephanie Marsh because Everyone she was me. on it from the beginning. Yeah. And well, she was on it from season, she was like two and three. She was on season oh, two. Okay. I think the first okay. season they had no lawyer. Okay. So then it was the, the who were the leads on it? Chris and Marishka. At the time. Who? So Chris Maloney and Marishka Hargitay. Okay. Because I, I, I was I couldn't remember who was on it at that time when you were on it. So were they, were they nice to you or am I not allowed to ask that? I'll be silent. Just, just nod. Do you just know say what? no. I, 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 no, 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 no. Every, everyone has different things. Everyone goes through different parts of their life and different challenges. You know, if you think about how much, um, energy I have at this age, having been up since five in the morning as well and doing horrible things that I didn't want to do, including cleaning up a lot of dog vomit today. Uh, oh God, that sounds fun. But like me at 24, I, I'm sure I was fairly annoying. So um, it, it's just, it's a different, we were in different places in our, in our lives as well. Like, you know, the next, Marishka's, I think, 15 years older than I am. And she was the next youngest person in the cast. So, yeah. you know, most of the people I was friends with were like the PAs and everyone else that was like in their, you know, their mid twenties, early twenties. And I used to drive them like, you know, it took years to be friends, but like one of the funniest, and I've told it before, but, but did you ever see the movie Wet Hot American Summer? No. What? Is it good? Oh, my God. My it's list. so funny. Anyway, Maloney plays this, like, it's the funniest. It's, like, a ludicrous film. And Maloney plays this, like, Vietnam vet who's working at, like, a summer camp in the 80s who humps a fridge, and his best friend is a can of mixed vegetables. It's very hard to explain. Okay. <laughs> but for, like, the six, first six months of work, like, because I'm an idiot, right? And I, and I love to entertain myself. I 
I would I bought mixed vegetable cans in bulk at BJ's, which is like our version of Costco out east. And I every day would bring one to set, open it up, and leave it somewhere on set for Chris to find. And like finally, oh, like funny. six months later, he was like, "Who keeps doing this?" Livid, right? Like every vein, and he's a muscly dude, right? Like every vein popping, every muscle flexing, and I was like, "Dude, I do." And he's like, <laughs> he's like, why? <laughs> And I was oh, like, he didn't think it was funny. Oh no. And, oh. and, uh, and I was like, wet, hot American summer man. And he's like, how the fuck old are you? And I was like, <laughs> I was like 25. And he's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. And so like now Chris, yeah. and he's doing, cause they do things for like what he will send me a picture. He'll text me a picture of himself with a can of open mixed vegetables. Anytime he has one, you know, so like it, it takes. So people, people evolve and people, people change. Evolve. And, and did you like, so you, why did you end up leaving the show? Oh, I, I, they, no, they got, they got rid of me. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. That's part of the business, but then you went on to do NCIS. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's fine. Like I would have, I would have stayed at SVU forever, but you know Mm -hmm. what? It's their show. They can do whatever they want. And, and they were like, yeah, we're going to get some new person in here. I was like, all right. And but you were on it for multiple seasons. Yeah, right? no, I was, I was on it for like a, a long time, and then, and then, I I mean, it, I don't know how much I can say, but basically, I think they they went through quite a few mm-hmm. other DAs, and then, um, a group of people responsible for writing the show had an insurrection because they couldn't write legal dialogue. They were having trouble. They'd been through a lot of people. And they demanded that I come back. And I was like, of course, you don't have to ask me twice. So then I was back for a little while. And then and then that was never resolved. So they should have me back now and just like wrap up the character. It's the, you well, know, that's why you should continue to keep doing your stand up. Because I say, be happy by making others happy. My dad, <sighs> who passed away when I was a kid, used to say that. So that's why I, I say it all the time. I started this podcast to try and make you guys laugh, but also share stories of people that struggle. Diane, you're about to have an amazing second act. It you're would be, and so, so, so are you. Look, we're look, we're young. We're we're are. What are we? The new whatever. What is forties now? We're in the forty new, is the new. We're forty is the new twenty. I'm telling my, my. Can you tell my again. ass that? Yeah. my ass is like. It's well, you're, you need to stop putting yourself down, and so do I. And guys, please like, please follow Diane. Diane, what is the Lifetime movie that you just did? It was really fun. It was called Circle of Deception, and it was about all these real horrible people that murdered. Like, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's one of those. It was really funny because I was doing with like Elizabeth Rome, who was on the Mothership, and Stephanie March. Oh my god, do you know her? I love her. Oh my god, you should do her. She does lunch with Liz all the time. Megan, I'm going to hook you up with Liz. Anyway, you hook me up. Yeah, I will hook you up with Liz. And so, so Stephanie March, Liz, and I all had like Lifetime movies. So we were doing all the press together, which is really fun because we all really like each other. Like, talk about actors. You can just like, I effing love these women. Like, they're so much fun. But, um. But yeah, no, we were laughing because theirs were very serious with serious topics. Then like Lifetime was doing like an hour long special afterwards, you know, about like mental health and things like that. And they're like, Diane, what's your move about? I'm like, bad people doing bad shit. And like, and the special <laughs> afterwards is beauty queen's gone bad. You know, like so. I love Lifetime. Ron Stanley like a million Lifetime movies and they're always so, they're I'm, always so I'm trying good. to get them to let me direct one, which I was like, come on. Because I know Elizabeth Rome, like that's why I'm, um, I'm, I look up to her so much because she's breaking that barrier in Hollywood of women directors. She is. And, and Ashley Williams directed mine. So who's like, okay, oh. I love it. And, I and love it, it. So it was just like this amazing thing. I'm like, Hey guys, throw a bitch a bone. Um, but they, and not only did they do it, but they excelled at it. Like both of them excelled at it. And, yeah. and I was yeah. so impressed, but well, I'm just so thrilled. I like feel like we're old friends and I just, I have so much faith that you're going to get through this like horrible, these horrible times that you're in right now. How are you doing? Um, are you on the, on the, uh, on the coming upside of yours? I am. And you're so sweet to ask. I'm, um, I'm like 
a year ago, I was at my lowest point of my life. And I talk about this with my listeners. Um, oh, that's and great. I, and like right during COVID too, like just to make yeah, things better. Yeah. I mean, I thought 2019 oh. could have was bad, but then, yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I, I'm doing really, really well. Yay. I'm doing really well. I have still have my hard days and people can be mean and I didn't deserve the treatment I got, but I definitely, um, I'm so grateful for where I am. I love doing this podcast. I love meeting people like you. You're really good at it. Oh, you're so sweet. No, really. Like you're really good at it. Well, you're really good at TV and I want to see you on it again. I know. I'd like Um, to, I I love working. I love, I love working. You're supposed to be working. I'm I'm Um, always like amazed. Like when I'm working, I'm like, how am I getting this is like the greatest thing in the history I of the world. That, I say that um, I, Elisa Donovan, whose book, by the way, I'm going to plug really quick, quickly. She was on my last episode um, that came out today. And she, um, she, we talked about that on her episode too. The, the amount of people that actually are working actors um, and have done a TV show like you've done or movies or whatever, it's like, the percentage on the population is like what, like two percent? I mean, it's like nothing. It's so the fact that you did that and you were paid to do it. My husband says that too. Is it's like the it's an it's amazing gift and you, and you were so good online. And Order it was so SD much. That's why whenever I meet like cranky actors, I'm like, what are you cranky about? Like they bring us food, they no. pay us lots of money. I mean, we all have bad days. Don't get me wrong. Everyone has a bad day. I've had a bad day on set, but you know, like, yeah. Generally speaking, it's it's always like this is. Awesome. Yeah. And they're, and you know what? They're going to, I just have a feeling they're going to bring you back. They need to close out your character storyline. But um, I wanted to say thank you again. And guys, in closing, keep living, keep praying, and keep growing. Oh, I like that. And you know what? Megan and I have your back. We feel you. Whatever you're going through, we understand. And we're here. Reach out because you know what? It's it's always nice to know that you're not alone and you're not, no matter how alone you feel. Like, we see you and we get it. I love you, Diane. You're awesome. We're going to do this again, right? So I talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay. And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called online-therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week, and you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com, and you go to the therapy tab. And if you click on the link at the bottom, you can get 20% off your first month.